0: I invite you to be seated. I'd also invite you, if you'd like to see better, to move forward, because I like to do illustrated sermons, and I thought the Feast of the Holy Name and the first Sunday after Christmas was a good time for a little more visual, and maybe, I don't know, I want to, don't want to say it's less intellectual affair, but a little visual fair. So I brought an illustration today, it is a little small and your church ah. Uh, Our 70s churches are, is somewhat dark, but it will look spectacular at a certain moment in this family. So, some of you may have this at home, something like this at home, and you've seen it. Have you seen one of these? You haven't. Some people haven't. This is a German Christmas tower, a pyramid, a German Christmas pyramid. Mine is not the handcrafted very, very expensive one. Mine is a knockoff. Um, and if you look at the angels very carefully, they look a little Chinese. <laughs> but it does the trick. They were uh, invented as it were in the 1800s by a woodcraft person um, and um, they were spectacular in their time because let's think about the 1800s when the only kind of light you had on your Christmas tree was on Christmas Eve when you put the real candles on it and Father lit them while Mother stores the bucket in case it went up in flames. So, but you'll still see this becomes very beautiful. Of course, now we have all sorts of gaudy and beautiful lights um, and we're, we're sort of over godified at Christmas, but I love this quiet piece of the Christmas story and as i Fonder the lessons for today, very rich scriptural lessons for the Feast of the Holy Name, it made me think of my Christmas tower, which was up in the attic. So I got it down. Um, And I want to just remind you of what you can't see very well here. So it's a little bit like a tiered wedding cake. Um, And if we start at the bottom, the Holy Family is just barely visible in there. It's interesting. They're sort of obscured. There's Mary and Joseph and the baby right, right in the middle of the bottom layer, just like they are here at the altar. And then we'll come back to the people who surround them. And then in the circle on the top, of course, are my angels who look a little bit um, cross international uh, with their trumpets, their herald trumpets, just like my soul, telling the story of the good news, uh, good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, that beautiful Moment of the announcement of the birth of Christ. And then my next little tear down are the little shepherds, complete with very sweet little white, all white teeth. And the shepherds have little hats that look a little bit Tyrolean, a little more German than a Palestinian. Um, and they're going, they can go around. And then down with Mary and the baby, we have four magic. And of course, I kind of like that because that reminds us that we only talk about three because of the three gifts that are made, gold, frankincense, and earth. We don't actually know how many they were and what is leading a camel. And what I like about this is this summary of the story. You hear the story again, once again, in our scripture lessons that we heard on Christmas Eve. And these levels, these layers as part of the structure of this are part of our narrative. And it's for us to ponder the meaning of these levels and these layers. The angels, God's messengers, flames of fire. We depict them with all sorts of like, human interpretations, but this picture calls the angels the flames of fire heralding the birth, the angels who gave the child, the angel Gabriel, his name before he was even conceived. And what is his name? We're so familiar with it. Jesus, Jesus. you sure? God saved Joshua, like Joshua did the battle of Jericho. God is the one who brings rescue, redemption. This is God's plan, we're told in Scripture, from the start, from Genesis. And now the angels, with a burst of joy, announced this child's birth to the shepherds. Another tear on the social rock. These are romanticized shepherds, and we like to romanticize our shepherds, don't we? I think of it as a beautiful pastoral experience, and we're lucky to live in a place where I actually drive by and see sheep. But shepherds in Israel have hard life. Shepherds here have a hard life. Sheep are dirty. They're difficult. They had to be led miles and miles. In Israel, the grass is little stalky things that is scattered over rocky hillsides. Shepherds were necessary, they fed people, but they weren't looked on romantically. They were looked on sometimes suspiciously. Because of their work, they couldn't keep the, the laws of purity. They were constantly coming to, into parts of the animals and dead animals. They weren't probably particularly well lost in general. And they wandered, so they were often thought of as thieves, like gypsies. Have you pondered or ever wondered, if Jesus came in our society today, who would be the shepherds? Who would be the smokers? I think they'd be the migrant farm workers, or the overdrivers, or the fast food people. Simple, humble. But indeed, they were still Jewish people. And the message went first to the people of the covenant, the people with the promise. But then we have, on this, you're interestingly the lowest here, but closest now to the Christ child, the Magi. The wise sages from the East, who of course didn't arrive on Christmas Eve, but were coming, as yours are still coming, 18 months. Two years to travel from where they saw that star in Persia, modern Persia, all the way to Bethlehem, to ask for directions, and then to bring their riches, symbolic of the wisdom of the Gentile culture, laid at the feet of this amazing challenge. I like my power here because it gives me all those levels of our story, of our wonderful story, and reminds me that the news didn't go first to Harry, but last to him. First it went to the outcasts and the humble, and then it spread to the powerful. And of course, not here are the people of Bethlehem. We have them in our Christmas pageant now, and I like them because they are just the ordinary people. And we heard that in our lessons. The shepherds went and told what they had seen with great joy. In some sense, they are some of the first evangelists. And then the people are amazed. And we can, I think, presume that the townspeople came by to see what was going on there. Just the ordinary folks, the spread of the gospel. All represented in my little tier pyramid. But, of course, that's not the good part. I got to thinking about hymns as I looked at this and as I tried to get it to work. And it made me think of the hymn, Jesus shall reign where'er the sun. Verses. Jesus shall reign where'er the sun doth its successive journeys run. God's kingdom stretch from shore to shore. Tell, moon shall wax and wane no more. Jesus shall reign. Persia. China, America, Germany, where the shepherds are, where the wise people are. But this is the fun part. That's funny. I have it on Facebook if you want to see it. Actually, working. Okay. I'm going to give it a little whirl. The next slide of the hymn says, To him shall endless praise be given, and princes drawn to crown his head. His name like sweet perfume shall rise with every morning sacrifice. So I like to think of what makes this power. The power of it, of course, is the convection of the heat and the candles that move it around. to me, that speaks of the praise of the Christ child that came with this announcement of the angels. Mary. To him shall endless praise be given, and hear the allusion to the wise men, and princes throng to crown his head. His name like sweet perfume shall rise with every morning sacrifice. People in realms of every tongue dwell on his love with sweetest song, and in voices shall proclaim their early blessings on his name. As the heat powers the movement of this, so to me, this reminds me that the praise of the name of Jesus, the praise of the person of Jesus, which the name stands for, is what powers our lives, our spiritual lives. And to me, this is a reminder, here a good time for New Year's resolutions, that the thing that will power our life and make it move is to remember each day to praise the holy name of Jesus. And I wonder which name that he's given in this narrative somehow speaks to your heart and touches you. There are so many names. The name of Jesus, he saved. How has he saved you? How has he rescued you? How has he redeemed you? The name Emmanuel. God with us? How is that name precious to you in what you have with you? And of course, those names in Isaiah, wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. All those names can be lifted up in praise every day when you wait and become the power as you go out into the world and spread the holy and blessed name of Jesus. John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace, is also known in less well-known for his hymn, How Sweet the Name of Jesus Sounds, on a Believer's Ear. It soothes our sorrows and heals our wounds and drives away our fears. It makes the wounded spirit whole and calms the troubled breasts. It's manna to the troubled soul and to the weary rest. O oh, Jesus Shepherd, O oh, Jesus Shepherd, Guardian and Friend, my Prophet and King, my Lord, my Life, my Way, my Truth. Accept the praise. Of